Hi, this is Louis Canio. Welcome to the Doctor and Dad podcast. This fast-paced weekly podcast delves into the latest scientific findings on how we can all live longer and better lives. I'm the dad, and my daughter, Nicole, is a family medicine doc who trained at the renowned Cleveland Clinic. We hope you enjoy this short, informative show, and please be sure to visit thedoctorandad.com. Uh, and by the way, the doctor is abbreviated in that. So it's T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for the show notes um, and other resources to help you learn about extending your health span. Within the notes, you'll find links to a bunch of stuff we discussed. So be sure to check it out. And thanks for listening. Hi, doctor. Hi, dad. So we're back to, uh, actually, for the first time in maybe six episodes, we're not talking about coronavirus, which that, that feels good. <laughs> I think we said that last week or last time. Well, la- yeah, that's true. Last time, <laughs> though, I think last time was more kind of transitional because we were that's talking true. about in- yeah. immunity and okay. and that sort of thing, which definitely um, ties in, ties in yep, strongly to, to uh, COVID-19. But this one... No connection whatsoever, I guess, <laughs> other than other than if you're in better health overall, then you're going to be better able to fight off uh, the uh, the virus. Yeah. And um, certainly um, o- obesity was a um, was a, a noted comorbidity. Right. For patients who did who, who fared worse uh, yeah, with the pretty, virus. A pretty significant one. Yeah. Um, and they, I'm not so sure they, they know the, the full extent of why that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I just I, I was just hearing something today that that indicated like people with Alzheimer's or or some sort of dementia had worse outcomes mm-hmm. uh, from COVID-19. And the theory was that the um, whatever protein that makes you genetically more susceptible to Alzheimer's or dementia um, may also make you more susceptible to Mm COVID-19 or bad outcomes from COVID-19. Yeah. But, but again, it's. But we're not talking about that. (laughs) A lot of conjecture. We're not talking about what we're talking about (laughs) is skipping breakfast and lowering carbs to lose weight or, or maintain your loss of weight. Right. Um, so let me ask you this. I'm just, I'm curious about your perspective. If you were able to kind of snap your fingers and solve one health issue amongst your patients, uh, would, would it be obesity? Yes, for sure. <clears throat> it's to the, it's kind of like, because it's hard for so many reasons. It's so hard today for people because of our society and because of, you know, access to food and poor food um, options. And just we're such a busy culture that quick and easy, you know, stuff is, is what dominates. And so that's one thing, like I really do empathize with people and the, how it is difficult. Um, And there's food addictions Um, there, the, you know, the, the food that's bad for us, you know, it has similar chemical pathways in the brain, the, the reward systems in the brain as other drugs do. So I empathize with people with the struggle. Um, and then um, 
I also, on the flip side of that, it's, it's like the underlying cause of so many mm-hmm. chronic diseases. Um, and it's so prevalent that sometimes I see someone and I think, okay, that they're kind of a normal weight. And then I'm like going through the note at the end just to finalize it. And I push refresh because we've got like an automatic, it will calculate the BMI just, and it puts it in there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're, they're literally in the obese range. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, they're kind of an average weight or a normal weight, you know? Right. Because average has, well, average. Average is, average is overweight. It's overweight these days. So it's just such a big problem. Um, And it's, it's hard. It's a hard problem. It's, I know that from even myself with working out and knowing how many calories, you know, you burn working your tail off and it's so little, it's so much, it's, and it's so much less than what you see on machines. And it's really almost next to impossible to really fully calculate it accurately, but it takes a lot of work to burn calories and it is really easy to grab a handful, even a big handful of mixed nuts. You know, it doesn't even have to be unhealthy food, but to, to kind of make up those calories. Right. Right. We, as we've talked about before, definitely, you know, exercise is, is definitely one of the pillars of, of good health and, and maintaining a longer health span, but the primary lever in, either reducing weight or maintaining a healthy weight is, is what you take in, um, in food or what, you know, essentially what that is, is energy. And that's what I tell people like more than anything else that I tell them is try to explain that, um, and explain that everybody underestimates how many calories they take in because no one's weighing and measuring and, and all of that. And that's where you really want to focus. And I try to tell people too, people in general are so focused on the scale, um, the number on the scale and how they look. Um, I've got people who really have great lifestyles, they eat, but they're still overweight. I tell them, don't your don't success kind of hinge on the number because you're a heck of a lot healthier, even if you're overweight than that person next to you who might be quote unquote skinny, but smoke and eat junk. Right. I try to not let it hinge upon that, but, but in general, almost all chronic diseases, cancers, everything is you're going to be at greater risk with, with being overweight. Yep. And then if you want to even take it kind of several steps out, there definitely been longevity studies that indicate that the leaner you are, um, the uh, the the more likely you are to to just flat out live longer. There's something about Correct. Yep. Uh, being lean in play, you know, and, and fasting may be associated with that. And we've talked about that in in the past. Um, that that and that's kind something... of optimistic too for people. It's not just that being overweight is bad. It is bad, but it's also that being at a healthy weight um, is beneficial. So right. it's kind of a, cause that's not the case with everything. Right. Good point. Good point. And, and, and we also talked one other point I wanted to make you, I mean, you, you're exactly right. Our current environment, it just is, is stacked against yeah, really trying is. to maintain a healthy weight. And then you combine that with, with the evolutionary forces. Again, we talked about in the past that have favored our ancestors who, you know, had that, 
like dopamine response to high carbohydrate foods. Mm-hmm. You know, those those our ancestors who were like chowing down on ripe fruit or honey when they found it or whatever, and therefore gaining weight that got them through right. periods when they didn't have easy access to food were able to pass on their genetic profile, whereas our, our leaner ancestors who, you know, weren't so attracted to those types of foods perished right. uh, yep. during, during times of famine and, and did not pass along those genes. So it's a double whammy, you know, current yep. society and yep. genes. We t- we've talked about that at infinitum, really. It's not at infinitum, but a lot. Yep. So I want to go back to, to what we're looking at this today, and that's, you know, the, we've talked before a little bit about do you, do you eat breakfast, do you skip it? This, uh, there's some new information out. And then um, what about the, you know, how, how focused should you be on carbs in general? So the first study is on breakfast and it is, um, it's a meta-analysis. So it's not a, it's not a new randomized cr- clinical study. It's a look back at um, studies that have been done, a group of studies that have been done before. Um, and I think they looked at 13 randomized controlled trials from high income countries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you always want to, you know, make sure that it's, that's applicable to, I don't know, Western Europe and the right. U S versus, you know, the, uh, Latin America, or Africa, what, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it compared, um, it, this was, it looked at adults um, and it compared breakfast consumption with no breakfast consumption. Um, and these studies, in these studies, they included either a measure of body weight or energy intake or both. So it's saying, okay, is, is eating breakfast or not eating breakfast associated with higher or lower um, body weight and higher or lower um, energy intake? Um, and like I said, they, they looked at 13 studies, seven of them um, examined the effect of eating breakfast on weight change, 10 examined the effect of energy intake. So some of them looked at both. Mm-hmm. Um, and the results, um, not surprising to me, but you know, you do still hear that, oh, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Um, but they did find a, a, a small difference in weight favoring participants who skip breakfast. Mm-hmm. Now it was, it was half a kilo. Um, I think this was done in, in Europe. So that's about a pound. That's pretty small. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, but there was, the, the, it was a short term follow up. Right. So the, the, the period was like that's seven true. weeks for weight yeah. and granted, yep. you know, um, uh, but still over, over, you know, well, that's, if that's not insignificant then over. It, it is weeks. not because if you take that, how many seven week periods are there in a year with 52 divided by seven, probably about oh, seven or eight. Yeah. So that's seven or eight pounds a year. And that's, that's the way most people gain weight, right. you know, is right. seven, eight yep. pounds a year yep. times five years is there's your 35 or 40 pounds yep. right there. So, so not necessarily insignificant. Um, the other piece is on um, is on energy. Ex- is it energy expenditure? Um, yeah. To- so no, total total daily energy, energy intake, intake. Because so what what they're then looking at is does skipping breakfast make you eat more? Right. And what they found is that en- total energy intake was about. Um, 
260 to 440 calories less per day if you skip breakfast. Right. So if you're eating, so those that were eating breakfast were taking in between 360 and 440 calories more. Um, because some, some people who are against the, you know, either whether it's time restricted eating or, um, fasting and skipping breakfast would say, you know, do you eat more, make up for it because you skipped and quote unquote, you know, deprived yourself. So this is telling you that no, you have not, you're not in general, most people are not, um, eating more because they've skipped a meal, eating more throughout the rest of the day. Um, Right. What do you think the What do you think the average breakfast in terms of calories is? Let's say you had oh, a that could vary greatly. Yeah. I mean, it could be but a, let's say you had a bowl of oatmeal with um some you know nuts and raisins. You're probably pushing five six hundred calories. Yeah, yeah, probably five hundred. And then the I mean, the like average female should probably take at average activity level seventeen hundred calories. So, you, so you're talking a one third mm-hmm, right there. Right. And yeah. then people wonder, it's like the, the calories that you're kind of allotted in the day to just maintain your weight, they add up quickly. Right. Especially if, so if, if it, let's say if you, so that's a moderate breakfast, you get, it takes a, th- a third right there. A moderate lunch is going to take at least a third, if not more. Right. So all that leaves you maybe if you're, again, this average female is, Five six hundred calories for dinner, which is a very light, minuscule yeah. dinner. Yeah. Anyone, anyone would would say that. So yeah. I have found now. I, so I I kind of regularly skip breakfast because um, because I I that's the easiest meal for me to skip. It continues that fast, um, yeah. you know that that started overnight. Obviously, um, uh, now I don't do it seven days a week. I do it pretty much on the weekdays and then I'll, I'll eat breakfast on, on the weekends. But what I find is when I eat breakfast on the weekends, I don't eat lunch. Okay. I'm just, I'm just not because if I'm, I'm not hungry yep. and, and typically my breakfast on the weekends is later, you know, cause I get up a little bit later right. or whatever. So. Uh, yeah. I don't remember the last time I've eaten before noon. Really? So I was going to ask you to, do you, typically skip breakfast as well yeah i generally eat like from 12 to 7 and is that weekends as well or do you give give yourself a seven days a week unless something's different like there's even some some saturdays and sundays where i don't end up eating till like one and then you know i'll eat till like eight or 8 30 or for having something later i mean i'm not i'm not so rigid if we're i mean but then again in the last i don't know how long it's not like we're, we're going out and you know, having dinner and right. parties and that kind of thing. But right. I don't, I definitely do not remember the last time I've eaten before noon. I don't even think about it. Um, and it's just habit. And that's what I tell people in the office too, like to try to eat, whether it's time restricted eating, whether it's cutting out soda, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, I say, I, I promise you, it's going to be really hard at first, but it's going to become very easy because we're just so habitual. So, so much of this is habit. I used to always eat something, even something small, like a piece of chocolate after dinner, like before, right before bed. And then once I started thinking about the time restricted eating and, you know, what that's doing and how we want to keep our insulin levels low. And I just, you know, I'll, I'll cut that kind of stuff out. And I used to think, oh, this is 
going to be miserable because I'm so used to blank. And it's like, it's hard at first, but it's more, it's more difficult just because of the habit. And that's just right. like people who smoke cigarettes. Um, yeah. Well, and that, that's a double-edged, you know, sword there because you've got the physical addiction, but it's also the habit that you have to break and you can, but, but people I think don't understand um, or they don't have enough confidence in themselves that you can break these habits that you've otherwise feel like you've had for 50 years, you know, like, in fact, as you were talking about that habits, I think that's gotta be our next podcast. Habits, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause everything, because it's under, not under, like, it's just, it's not like you need, some people are like, I need breakfast. No, I need to eat as soon as I wake up. I used to think that I did. Cause I would eat oatmeal every single morning, almost as soon as I woke up. Even if I had to get out the door super early and um, I just would because it was just, it was what I did. And it's a good breakfast. And that's just, it was, that was that. And I even was like, this is going to be terrible because I really enjoyed, you know, eating my oatmeal for breakfast. And now I wouldn't even like think about doing it. And not that it's bad. Like, I don't want people to think that like, if you're in, if you eat breakfast and that's your thing, that it's not to say that, you know, you shouldn't. And if you want to do it, do the time restricted eating and start at eight o'clock in the morning and then pick your eight hours. That's even better probably for you than, than waiting until noon. We've talked about that before too. Yeah. Um, It matches up with your circadian rhythm. Right. If you could stop at like four, if you could stop at four, but that is socially so so challenging to to do. It is. Um, So I tell, I don't want it to sound like, you know, you have to be so rigid. And like you said, you be flexible on the weekends. I tell people all the time, it's not all or nothing. You can do it four days a week and you're still going to be better off than you were if you were doing it no days a week. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think just, just that, um, that, that knowledge that you're exercising control mm-hmm. and you're going to feel hungry if you're doing that. It, 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 you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have days where at nine o'clock or 10 mm-hmm. o'clock, I'm feeling hungry or whatever. And, um, and, it, you know, it, it gives you the chance to kind of lean into it, right. kind of, you know, but I find if I'm feeling hungry, nine times out of 10, what solves it is a big glass of water. Yep. It's just, it's just because I was more, it wasn't so much, you know, lack of food per se. It, it was, I was a little dehydrated mm-hmm. is, is what it was, was telling me. Right. So, so, um, uh, we'll go on to the next one. Uh, the next study was, was a randomized control study. Um, and, um, this is looking at the, um, the, the, the fact that energy requirement, the findings of this was energy requirement is higher during weight loss maintenance. So they looked at adults who had lost about 10% of their body weight Mm -hmm. and they said, okay, for if people want to maintain that weight, is it going to be easier or harder on a low versus high carb diet? Um, and, and, and what they looked at was, okay, how much energy is required to maintain, um, that on a, on a low versus medium versus high mm-hmm. carb diet. So it's, it's an interesting way to look at it. And, and actually, um, it was kind of, it, it, it was also looking at this thing. I had to, I had to do some research on this and it, it was, it was also looking to validate, studies that use this thing called doubly labeled water have you ever heard of that before no actually no (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so it's not 
I guarantee you it's it's not what you would think. I, I when I first saw that I thought doubly labeled water is like oh maybe they did the study where one of the waters was labeled water <laughs> if one of the the other water was not labeled water or whatever or the other thing that was water w- w- labeled water wasn't water or whatever no it wasn't that doubly labeled water is um a a water that has a different hydrogen and oxygen isotopes. So, so water is H2O, but this is made with a different hydrogen and, and oxygen isotopes. And you're like, okay, what, what and I won't get into the, it's, yeah, yeah, it's too, too complicated to get into. But what they do is there's a, there's a way then to measure energy expenditure using though that doubly labeled water that mm-hmm. this this water with with different hydrogen and oxygen isotopes um and again it's too complicated but but that was one of the other kind of um uh, you know the things that they were looking at but for our purposes we just we just want to simplify it and say okay yeah. energy expenditure energy expenditure on um low versus high carb diets and so the the um so the, I'll go back. So it's um, I, I said the 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 run in weight loss was ten and a half percent. They looked at one hundred and sixty four adults, so a fairly good mm-hmm. um, good group that was randomly assigned to low um, uh, a low carbohydrate diet where carbs were twenty percent and then fats were sixty and proteins were twenty. Moderate carbohydrate where it was forty, forty, twenty, or high carbohydrate diet where it was sixty, twenty, twenty. Yeah. Um, and they did the test for twenty weeks. So that's and decent. they and they yeah, that's decent. And they 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 measured the um, estimated injury requirement during weeks 10 through 20. Um, and that's important because it takes a while for your body to um, adapt. Mm-hmm to a change in diet. And what they said was some previous studies hadn't seen that much of an effect on low versus high. And and I remember this um, pretty highly publicized saying, oh, we're not seeing, you know, much of a difference in energy, you know, expenditure or between low and high carbohydrate diets. Um, But they were looking at like, I think I want to say the test was done. the, The length of it was maybe a week. Right, right, right. So it de- definitely wasn't done long enough. So the results for this is um, the requirement to maintain that weight was definitely higher in the low versus high, higher high carbohydrate group. Um, and it ranged um, from, and, and what they did is they had to, they had to separate the groups into in te- the, those people who intended to follow it and the the diet, because obviously that's one of the mm-hmm. challenges in doing that sort of a study is, you know, how closely people adhere to the protocol. Right. So the in, in, uh, the intention to to, um, to 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 follow it group, um, they they call it intention to treat ITT group versus the PP group, which was per protocol they followed the protocol okay. um but in both groups they saw that um that energy estimated energy requirement was was higher to maintain that lower weight that they had achieved it was um 
181 to 246 calories per day in the um, in the ITT group, and a little bit higher as you'd expect, 245 versus the 323 in the in the per protocol group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that, that tells you quite a bit right there in that, you know, because people will work hard to lose weight or very hard. And 10% of body weight is a pretty yeah. big amount. Yeah. You know, if you weigh, if you're a guy and you weigh 200 pounds, you drop 10%, you're down to below 180, uh, 10 and you're below 180. Um, that's a that's a fairly good amount, but you know the that yo-yo effect is is pretty common. Right, very common. People drop it and they they gain it back, but this shows that. And I would I would maintain that you know dropping it, you want to obviously also adhere to a low carb. I can't imagine right. you know a a high carb diet is going to be all that effective as a weight loss either way yeah strategy yeah. either way but definitely once you get it off you don't want to then go back to bread and pasta and rice right and all that sort of thing and what they said was this what this does is it it's consistent with um a carbohydrate insulin model of obesity which i first learned um, when I read that book, Good Calorie, Bad Calorie, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of, you know, kind of the, the original Bible on, okay, what, what you eat matters. Right. You know, it, 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 there's, a, there's a qualitative difference between this calorie yeah. and this calorie. Right. So yep. um, and, and that, so that, 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 that model, because I think it bears kind of repeating or, or kind of uh, some, some explanation is that when we take in high carbohydrate foods or high glycemic index foods, um, as they're, they're sometimes referred to, it spikes our blood sugar, which then spikes our insulin and high levels of insulin flip a switch in our bodies, which causes us to store those calories. Right as as fat essentially and and perversely what that does is since that since that storage mechanism is on full bore we get hungry because we we now have a calorie deficit available let's call it available calorie deficit right now because if it's in fat if it's stored in fat it's not available to us as as glucogen or as energy in the muscle. Right. So right. Yep. Yeah. Glycogen, so and that's, and, and that's kind of what we kind of talk about too. Every time we talk about, it's not just what you eat or how much you eat, but also when you eat, because the when is not just about, okay. Yeah. If you cut out breakfast, you're cutting out X number of calories, but it's about keeping insulin levels lower for longer. Right. Which, which keeps that switch and flipped to um, fat burning as opposed to fat right. storage, which which is kind of you know obviously what you want. Mm-hmm. What you want. Um, so so really this this is a nice I think you're exactly right. This is a nice kind of bookend. These two these two things we're talking about that time restricted and keeping it low carb are are probably the 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 most simplest things you could say to to your mm-hmm. patient around strategy effective strategies for either 
losing weight or, or maintaining a healthy right. weight yep. in the end to, to keep it simple. Okay. I'd say, um, I'd say we've, um, we, 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 there's all, you know, <laughs> we, I talk about keeping it simple. There's, there's all kinds of, of side trips we could make off of, oh, right. <laughs> off of e- either of these in terms of time restricted feeding or, or carbs, but we're going to leave it there for, for now. Um, and, uh, and, and call it, uh, call it, call it quits and, and allow you to get back to your, uh, to your busy all family. Right. Okay. Well, we got two in a row um, post COVID, so we'll go for three in a row and and do habits next next time around. Perfect. How's that? All okay. right. Okay. You have a good rest Thank of your you. day. Love you. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks again for listening. You can visit the doctorandad.com. That's spelled T H E D R A N D D A D dot com for show notes to any of our podcasts, as well as other useful info on extending health span. Now the legal disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. And no doctor-patient relationship is formed. Use of this information in show notes is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should not, should not disregard or delay taking medical advice or treatment for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their medical professional for any such conditions. We also want you to know that we take no funding from any product or service that may be mentioned on the Doctor and Dad podcast.